And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. as well. Let's <laughs> kick it, Senor Benjamin. The Hardys are fighting. But why? Yeah. Who can tell? This is TNA, after all. So I guess, too. what the heck? Only one Hardy shall remain. And one has to go. At least I think so. Will things ever be the same again? It's the final deletion. Brother Nero. Brother Nero. Brother Nero. In a dilapidated boat. Brother Nero. Brother Nero. Brother Nero. In a dilapidated boat. They're mowing their lawn now. And tilling their sod. And Matt looks like he is... Cast in Sweeney Todd. Yeah. I have so many questions to ask. Why is there a drone? Why a drone? At least I'm watching TNA again. It's the final deletion. Brother Nero. Brother Nero. Brother Nero. In a dilapidated boat. Brother Nero. Brother Nero. Brother Nero. In a dilapidated boat. This might be the best song you've ever done. Oh, hell no! Uh, it might be the worst, and it might be the best. I'm okay with either of those, to be honest. And with that, ladies and jelly spoons, I would like to welcome you to DDT Wrestling. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, joined, as always, by Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Doc, we have not spoken since Final Deletion. What did you not. What did you think? Uh, well, you know, before... That song... I just want to... I think at some point with your parodies, you decided that it would be easier to not do them seriously. Like, just to be completely, you know, nerdy DC persona and do it poorly. But I just want to say, I think that if you had done that one, like, with effort, that could have been really good. I actually think there's something to that one. 
you don't think there was effort in that? Well, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, some. I'm sure there's some. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I found a whole Final Deletion soundboard on my Chromebook. I had to go through the audio and sync it up. So, you know, Brother Nero came through at the right Fair time. Enough. Have you seen my um my portrait on Twitter these days? I believe it says extraordinary xylophones. Um, so, yeah. The final deletion was both excellent and terrible. Did you? Ha- Let me ask you, you. Everybody knows that I've watched it. Have you actually watched it? I have watched... I don't believe I've watched the entire thing start to finish. Oh, but I've seen. But I've seen most of the major... Parts. Well, I would recommend so. going to YouTube and searching for the director's cut because you get to see everything, all the little vignettes plus the entire match. And then just uh, this week they added uh, the aftermath. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not. Um, there's not really much there to watch necessarily. Um, it's it's just Matt Hardy sort of having a viewing party of the final deletion in his own personal theater. Um, and then he buries. Okay. He keeps saying he's going to bury, like you know, the remains of his brother Nero. But like it's like his his the shirt he was wearing and like other artifacts, you know. And he doesn't actually bury them. He he gets into the dilapidated boat and he goes into the <laughs> lake and then he drops them underwater. Uh, he it opens. You should actually watch it though. He it opens with him getting on the ground next to the dilapidated boat and he goes you. Are a good boat. You shielded me from the demon fire of Brother Nero, and I shall give you a name. <laughs> I shall call you Scarsguard or, or something like that. I, I will say this: um, I am not wild about Matt Hardy. He's one of, in fact, my least favorite people. But I will give him all the credit in the world. He made he reinvented himself and he made it into something. He reinvented himself and he made himself into something that is watchable. Even if it feels like you're watching a car crash, it is watchable. I enjoyed those of you who are familiar with my you know October October uh, escapades know that I am a fan of horror movies and B-movies. And along those lines, in the early days of that website, bmoviegeek.com, a little plug for myself there, shameless, I assure you. Um, in those Go early ahead. days, I reviewed quite a number of grade Z cinema uh, movies. So, like, you know, this is like the absolute bomb of the barrel, made at home on, like, you know, absolute, like, nothing production values. And... There's a certain charm in those sorts of productions, at least to me. And, you know, you can look at what they did in the final deletion, and clearly it's not as bad as some home production would be. I mean, technology has advanced a great deal these days. The digital sort of filmography that you're able to do is of a much higher quality, but it's still not the sort of thing that you would necessarily expect to see on your television. Um, but yeah, it would just have this completely different feel to it. It's something that I didn't expect to see on television or part of a wrestling show. It's, I think, wholly sort of unique. 
um, in the way that they presented it without, you know, really cutting. It was a good 15-minute long segment or so. Um, I've just... I don't know that I've ever seen anybody attempt something like that. I mean, the closest thing I can think of is something like Lucha Underground, which does take things a little more cinematic than does the WWE, but at the same time, not like this, not embracing low budget, not embracing these odd performances that nobody would really call good, but at the same time, you know, this is exactly why I like these types of movies, that type of cinema. There's charm there, there's something to it, there's something imminently watchable, uh, even if it maybe shouldn't be. I don't know, do you feel the same way about it? Mm -hmm. I do, it was, you know, I... The Nerd DC says, at least I'm watching TNA again. That is probably the only TNA I have watched in years. And I don't exactly know how they would pull off a final deletion 2 or if TNA is going to run with this in any form or fashion. Uh, but, you know, it's something new and it's something different. And in the wrestling world, especially when we are uh, days away from... WWE doubling itself in terms of promotions and in terms of pay-per-views and perhaps in terms of weekly shows that people are going to care about watching, we're on the lookout for something different. Uh, one thing that is different is the Cruiserweight Classic, and I know many of you want to know how we feel about that. You're going to have to tune in to A Private Earful, our show on the NAI Network, which we are proud to be a part of, because on the NAI Network... Uh, it's occurring to me now, I haven't figured out exactly how I'm going to do all of this at once, but we are going to watch. It's going to be a wrestle tracks or whatever we're going to decide to call it. We are going to watch uh, episode one, the first four matches of the Cruiserweight Classic, and talk about them on the air. And that will be our private earful. So tomorrow... On Saturday, you can sync up your WWE Network, and we'll tell you when to press play, and you can watch along with us and hear our reactions. I've seen it. Doc has not seen all of it. You had some technical yeah, issues? Yeah, um, it's that... the first time this has really ever happened to me. The network's usually pretty solid for me, and I don't even really know what the issue was. I don't think it was actually a connectivity issue, but I usually watch the network on my Xbox, uh, Xbox One, and for some reason, last night... Every time I would open the WWE app, network app, it would just uh, give me an unexpected error, and it would immediately close the app. I couldn't open the WWE network, and I reset the Xbox, I you know did a hard reboot and all that, and it still would not open. I could not get it to come on, so I gave up after like a match. Interesting. I, I didn't have a problem. I didn't watch um, NXT until this morning. But I, I watched the first two-thirds of the Cruiserweight Classic. I didn't have any issues, so that's odd. Maybe, I don't know, I, like I'm going to know what I'm talking about. Um, all right, but let's see. DDTWrestling at gmail.com. Seeing what else I need to plug early in the show. We have a T-shirt. We have a T-shirt, the DDT Wrestling T-shirt. Pro Wrestling uh, Tees, their own Twitter page, sent out a link to the New Age Insiders page. So got to hit all of their people, so that was exciting. So hopefully you have a T-shirt. Mine could be potentially in the mail. Have you gotten yours yet? I'm sure you've ordered them. Did you yes. order one? Good. All right, I got the email that... Uh, Wait, did I order one of our shirts, so we'll or did I see. order one of the New Age Insider shirts? 
I'm really well. I'd prefer you'd order. I would like the two dollars and fifty cents I'm going to get <laughs> from uh, you buying one. That's of you our heard shirts, it here first, folks. We are you... rolling in the dough. I'm, I've already told my uh, administrator I will not be rejoining <laughs> the educational staff because I will be swimming. I'm going to be Scrooge McDuck swimming in that delicious, delicious DDT Wrestling t-shirt money. That's right. Uh, but either way, uh, we are very excited. Please buy a shirt and buy support any sh- uh, shirts of the NAI Network, Rant with Amp. Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company, Frog Balor, uh, Celebrity Heterosexual Todd Chrisley, any of them. I would just like to point out, um, breaking the fourth wall here for a moment, that there is a thunderstorm happening outside here right now. Um, So, two things. One, I may hopefully, I may not make it through (laughs) this episode. Uh, We'll see how far we get. Number two, I know that Oscar has a real problem with thunder, so he's probably going to be more vocal in this episode than usual. I apologize okay. in advance, folks. I did. Uh, well, all right. I haven't even looked outside, though. The sky, now that you mention it, we are about 20-ish minutes apart from each other. The sky is a little grayish mm. yellow, so we'll have to see how things go. But then let's get right to it. We are, this is the final you asked me before we started if this is going to be our prediction show for Battleground, and it is not. We will be here next week uh, to give you the predictions for Battleground. However, this is the final show before the draft, unless we do a show during the draft, which you and I can talk about later, and I can talk to Mrs. Matthews about after that. But um, oh, there's nothing this to is talk going to be about. The last- we should totally do it. She would have no problem with me doing it from this chair. Come on. GQ! Come on! Conversation for another time. Yes, sir. But, um, But regardless, this is the last podcast before the draft, so give me your production, sir. Um, who will the GMs be? What exactly are we getting? You tweeted out something earlier this week that actually Raw made you somewhat optimistic about the draft well, only, and where <laughs> things were going. Don't, over, don't I, overstate I, it. I understand it's a sliding scale. Well, no, uh, I'm optimistic about the way in which they're going to do the draft, the mechanics of the draft. I am not optimistic about the brand split. Nothing will make me optimistic about the brand split. I will be happy as long as there is not one of those lotto ball things. Well, so I will be the happy. way that the announcers, uh, Michael and uh, JBL, have been talking about this draft. I like that we don't even mention Byron Saxton. He doesn't even come into Michael. the conversation. He's he's actually. <laughs> I mean, obviously JBL's constantly telling him to shut up and you know insulting him, but he honestly doesn't talk very much. Or at least that's my impression. No. It's the Michael and JBL show, and Byron kind of just chimes in. Right. He's the Ed McMahon of the group. Yeah. So um, the way that they keep talking about the draft is now beginning to sound like the commissioners, the GMs, are going to be making some sort of, you know, show of drafting people to their brands. They, they, they keep sort of talking about it in a way that makes me think. And they haven't said anything specific, but just the way they keep saying it, it just makes it sound to me like there's going to be choices involved with who ends up on these brands. And 
that's completely incongruous with the idea of a lottery mixer pulling out balls and doing it completely randomly. So, um, that says to me, and actually, you know, I think I, maybe I kind of remember them doing the draft this way a little bit before as well. I kind of think what they're going to do for the draft then is the show itself, because it's only going to be two hours, right? The first SmackDown Live is only two hours. I haven't heard otherwise. So, they're going to probably have the G, the, the commissioners and possibly their GMs, I would guess, actively select maybe about five people each, a total of about ten, and then overnight they'll split the complete rest of the company and just announce it on their website. I mean, that's my guess. I'm not too mm-hmm. thrilled with that, but uh, that's my guess as to what will happen. I think... You are most. Or maybe right. they'll do some of it on the, the network. Only... Actually, I didn't consider that. They might do more of it on the network <clears throat> after the SmackDown's over. Well, they are. They are supposedly doing simulcast. They want you to be both tuned in to the network and SmackDown at the same time. <clears throat> so I'm guessing they're going to do. I would say they probably do a. They each draft ten. I think this SmackDown is going to be fairly draft <clears throat> centric. So I would say they each draft a top 10 and then the remain, you know, because just like in the NBA draft, the first round is televised. I don't think the second round is, Um, you know, so they do the major, you know, they do the major players and we won't get to see online. We won't get to see live on SmackDown where the Ascension gets drafted to. We won't get to see, uh, sadly, where Bo Dallas gets drafted to, though I need a blueberry muffin because I missed National Blueberry Muffin Mm, Day. It's very sad. But um, Mrs. Manson made blueberry muffins on Blueberry Muffin Day. We didn't know it was Blueberry Muffin Day until we were told. It was just a happenstance. It was just happenstance. I would like to get emails that tell me on a daily basis National Mac and Cheese Day, National. Maybe that is a service that Mr. Bo Dallas could provide in his early retirement because he's not going to be with this company much longer. I want him to be Stephanie McMahon's executive assistant. I want him to be the annoying secretary who is really excited to grab her coffee, who, like, she sends to go deliver messages to the talents that she doesn't like. I think he could have a field day with that. You know, that is a great character for him. In my head, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that could lead to a lot of good comedy. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. And you know what? I don't need him to be the world's best wrestler. It is It is perfectly okay for him to fill the Santino Morella role for the next three or four years and then... Get released. You know, that's... But that's fine. <laughs> in three or four years of that, you know, let's say Nakamura winds up at some point in the future getting drafted to Stephanie's show and the two of them are at odds, so she's like, that's right, you're going to face Bo Dallas and he goes out there and just gets his head kneed in. That's all you Kinda need. Kind of like a David Otunga was it for a while. Although I don't think you were watching yeah. at that time, but... David Otunga, Brad Maddox. There's always been that kind of guy. I just think Bo Dallas would be particularly good with it. Sure. Um, so, I do. I think we both agree we're going to see more of what looks to be an actual draft. Seems um, to be the case. Where do you think about, so now Shane and Stephanie are commissioners. Yes. And they need to appoint or hire general managers, which is interesting. I think the other, it was the opposite way. Uh, at some point in the past where you had Commissioner Foley or Commissioner Michaels. Um, so who do you think the general managers will be? There's two fairly common or obvious choices here, but what does the great Doc Manson believe is going to happen? 
Um, you know, as much as I think Stephanie is going to choose Triple H as her GM, and I guess that really is my answer if I had to product something here, I would be very thrilled if she went with anyone but him. You know what I mean? Literally. Give, give, us, give us some sort of different new dynamic. Even if it is Bo Dallas. You know what I mean? Like, a complete, mm-hmm. utter puppet. Because she's actually going to be on television probably more than Shane. So, you know, let her be a strong presence. Have a puppet for a GM. Don't... Give us a swerve. Don't just go with Triple H. And, you know, I, that that could be something. That could be an interesting dynamic that I wouldn't mind seeing. Because ultimately, a um, reunion of the authority at this stage is not something that I really want to see. I saw that for how many years? Three years? Too many. I don't see. I Too don't many. need to see it in again. So here's my thinking. Couple couple things. Uh, number one, exactly your point. We've just seen the authority this whole time. You can't start a new era with the old authority. And I don't mean she needs to pick some young person to do this, but I mean it's it's going to send a message. If Shane McMahon is running SmackDown on his own with potentially the general manager that apparently WWE may or may not have spoiled who it's going to be. It's Daniel Bryan. So, and, and I'm going to come back to that. But if that's going to be the way SmackDown goes, you cannot... And, and and again, the people, the guys on NAI Pod, Jason and Bill and Liam, have said, you know what? It's raw. It's on. It's been on every Monday for the majority of your life, if not the entirety of your life. Everyone's going to watch raw, anyways. But if you're going to tell me, thinking about you there, Doc Manson, if you're going to say, all right, Doc, on Monday you can watch Stephanie and Triple H run raw, and then on Tuesday you can watch. Um, Shane and Daniel Bryan and probably Mauro Ronaldo on commentary, you're not watching on Mondays anymore. I'm guessing that announcers will be part of this draft. Hmm. Interesting. I suppose they could be. Yeah. So here's so, the thing. So as um, much as I don't want to watch Stephanie and Triple H, if they make that the juggernaut show as Vince McMahon so you know, plainly reminded us this past week on Raw and what I thought was a very odd promotional tactic. Um, you know, trying to stir up interest in this brand split by telling us that Raw is more important than SmackDown. That's really not the message you want to be sending in the show basically leading right up to the draft. Um, but neither here nor there. Um, if they take Stephanie and Triple H and they give them... Moro on commentary, and they get rid of Michael Cole or JBL, and then they keep Kevin Owens on that show, and they get rid of Roman Reigns, and they keep Cesaro, and they get Sami Zayn, and they get Samoa Joe, and, like, I'm gonna have to watch that show regardless of who's in charge of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't matter to me that Shane and Daniel Bryan are in charge of SmackDown. If they're gonna be the home of Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, um, you know, the majority of three-man, not three-man band, um, social outcasts, I'm not going to watch SmackDown. John Cena. I I have no qualms with John Cena. He is not somebody who will get me to not watch a show at this stage of his career. Um, True. Fair enough. How do you feel about Um, that? 
Well, the other thing I was going to say is I don't, you know, I think if Daniel Bryan is the guy and it got leaked, whether it was intentionally or accidentally, are are you really going to go into this huge new moment for WWE with the obvious two choices, one that's been leaked and one that's just written, you know, the handwriting's on the wall in Triple H and Daniel Bryan as general managers, which makes me hopeful, and this is just me being optimistic, that Stephanie will pick someone else. I don't care who it is. I don't care if she picks, well, she's not going to pick Kane, but I don't care who it is. I'd like her to pick somebody else. I would like there to be some amount of intrigue, if only for the fact that it leaves Triple H open to do something else. You know, he can focus on NXT. He could just be, you know, does Triple H get drafted? He's a wrestler. He's technically has a performer's contract. Should he, you know what? He therefore that could be a great sort of that could be a great piece of dramatic storytelling if Shane drafts Triple H. Oh, yeah. With the sixth pick, I'm taking Triple H. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's, you know, that would be great. and and they haven't announced whether or not there's going to be trades, but how fantastic would that be if it was, you know, Stephanie winds up drafting, let's say, Kevin Owens, and so Shane drafts Triple H and says, if you want your husband on your show, I want Kevin Owens on my show. Yeah. And Stephanie has to decide where, you know, so. There's, there's a lot of great drama they potentially could pull in this draft process if done correctly. Now, that said, I don't think Triple H is coming back to a full-time wrestling position just now. Um, so if he does get mm-hmm. used, I imagine it's going to be used as a bargaining chip, as you just sort of said. And I also don't really see him coming back as GM, the more that I think about it. Um, he's disappeared, and it's allowed him to focus more on NXT and this cruiserweight thing. There's things that he's doing in the company that... I think in this new era supersedes him as an on-screen performer, so maybe they do go with someone else, um, change up that dynamic, and leave him mm-hmm. available to be the face of NXT, um, commissioner-wise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, right now it's... Well, here would be an interesting way of doing it. You draft Regal. And you make Regal the commission, a heel commissioner of Raw... And now, because NXT has lost their guy, now Triple H shows up on NXT. Yeah. Which would be a way to do it. Um, I'm going to vamp for a minute. You should check your Twitter DMs, because I got a picture of a sad puppy. Oh, yeah? Well, let me take a look at those. While you're doing that, I, I am super excited for this draft. Just all I needed is the is the idea that you could have them actually doing draft picks. That's all I want. All I want is to be able to have an index card and have Raw and SmackDown and be able to write down the names and not have it be drawn out. Because, you know, I've been watching WCW. I've seen all of the Battle Bowl that they did where it was the same thing. They had the bingo thing. And all of a sudden, are you familiar with Battle Bowl and the Lethal Lottery? Nope. quick 30 second explanation of lethal lottery lethal lottery is a tag team 
tournament, essentially. And it's randomized tag teams. So they take the entire roster, they assign random tag teams through the drawing of names, and then those tag teams fight, and the winners advance to a battle royal, and the winner of that battle royal gets a ring and, I think, an eventual title shot or something like that. So it was something WCW did in the early to mid-90s. And amazingly enough, this bingo basket would randomly put the Steiner brothers on opposite teams. And it would randomly put Lord Steven Regal and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who were in the middle of like a six-month feud. Oh, they have to be tag team partners. Oh my god, anything can happen. And it was just lame, 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 lame. And that's why I don't want them bringing the bingo basket out for this, because all of a sudden, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to be drafted on different shows, and oh my goodness, how did that happen? Or Enzo and Cass get split up, or what have you. If that stuff is going to happen, I want it to happen with Stephanie and Shane, or their proxies as general managers making draft picks. So that's happy for me. My next question for you, sir. Uh, Shane on Monday, avoiding Vince's weird promo, which was a little unusual, I'll grant you, uh, talked about how SmackDown might have a new look, new lighting, new stage, new camera angles, all of that kind of thing. What do you think that means? The worry is that we're going to get a blue Raw. That it's going to look exactly the same, except every color that usually is red is blue. That's what it is right now. Yes, and so what I'm saying is, if Shane changes it... Let me start here. What would you like to see? How would you like to see SmackDown change to make it more exciting for you? Um, I'm not sure that I actually want to see it change that much. Um, What Lucha Underground does with their cinematic sort of style, I think is very interesting... But I also don't need the WWE to copy that. You know what I mean? I'm perfectly happy with them being, you know, the live performances. This is the thing. There's a television camera, and it is televising a stage play as opposed to, you know, a movie like Lucha Underground is, if you understand that sort of comparison. Um, I'm okay Mm -hmm. with that. I mean, if you really want to differentiate from Raw, I mean, some of the things that he said is fine. Right now, Raw is very bright. It's very colorful. It's very cartoony. I mean, so you maybe you drop down the lights. You make it a little uh, less contrasty. Maybe you make it seem a little bit more low-key, something more like an NXT where the focus is on not so much the spectacle, but on the wrestlers and on the performances. I mean, that's all well and good, but I don't need to see film grain on top of it. I don't need to see anything you know, grindhousey about it to try to give it an edge. Um, that's being mm-hmm. done elsewhere very well, and again, I don't need to see them piggyback on a good idea like they did with the Wyatt compound scene this week on Final Deletion. Do you think, and, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll get to that, but do you think we'll have, you know, some sort of quadcopter flying around? That's how Commissioner Shane, live from China, will communicate himself to the crowd, is his <laughs> blue face will pop up? I sure as heck hope not, but I do think that was part of the reason why the McMahon siblings were named as commissioners, is because I don't think Shane can be around as often as Stephanie. I mean, I think that's been proven the last bit of time with the two of mm-hmm. them co-captaining Raw. There were several weeks where Shane is not around and Stephanie is the only authority figure. And to be honest, Stephanie's got a major role 
behind the scenes, not even in terms of the day-to-day operations of WWE. Right now, she is the public relations face of this company. When they're out doing their Susan G. Komen thing, when they're out doing their Make-A-Wish thing, unless it's John Cena, the face you see more often than not is Stephanie McMahon. I imagine it would behoove them to give her some more free time to go do her thing and let these general managers stand in for them, which is why, if it were to be William Regal and Daniel Bryan... You're in pretty safe hands. I don't necessarily know how I feel about Daniel Bryan getting the reins, as it were. Um, I I like Daniel Bryan. He does a great job on commentary. On he's uh, not a great talker. Classic. He, it is not his strength, and hopefully they would do, they would address that, incorporate that into um, into SmackDown. Uh, what I'm hoping is, I'm hoping for some more maybe even transparency. You know, I think I would love to see, and I'm sorry, Jason Maltov, you're going to kill me. I would love to see SmackDown be the show where not everything is, has to be so much about kayfabe. Let's take me backstage, take me backstage and not show me, okay, here's, you know, just this little corner of the dressing room where we're made to believe that this is only Seth Rollins, but, you know, show me that, you know, wrestling is more than just, um, you know, sports entertainment with the one, the single curtain with the TV that everyone seems to be watching. You know, I remember WCW shows where the locker room, you saw six or eight guys sitting in chairs getting ready for their matches and all that kind of stuff. Let's see that there's actually some sort of camaraderie going on. If we're going to focus on the sport, if SmackDown becomes more of the sport show and Raw becomes more of the entertainment show, maybe that's how we'll see the camera angles. Maybe we'll get something where, you know, the camera's on a track and can actually go around corners of the ring or something. I don't know. I would like to see something. I don't need it to look like Lucha Underground. In fact, I would prefer it not to. But I would like to see more than just... I actually would kind of more like to see more than just the play that you alluded to earlier. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, you know, I don't really... And, you know, that's a logical extension, actually, of what they've been doing on Raw. I mean, I know you said that Raw is all about the kayfabe, but, I mean, they are incorporating reality into their product as much as they are comfortable with, anyways. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the official storylines are superseded by the meta narratives that are going on behind the scenes at this point. You know, the way that the crowd reacts, who they cheer for, who they don't, the way that things incorporate with, you know, Roman Reigns and his suspension and the way that's now part of the storyline. Like there are, the meta narratives to me are the true next level of kayfabe. They work all those things in because there's a grain of truth, but then they tell, you know, still very much a fictionalized account of that. Um, And so I think what you're saying is to amp that up a little bit more, take down the curtain and that where you only see the single television, go backstage, make it look like it's catering and where they're actually in the locker rooms. Obviously, that's still going to be kayfabe of a sort. You're not going to see the real camaraderie. But I think what you're saying is take more of that and incorporate it. And that, that makes a lot of sense even based off of the things that they're doing on the network, right? Like that ride-along show and that was Total exactly Divas, what I was thinking of. that sort of thing. Like They're kind of already doing that in a very fake way, I think. But 
the logical extension is to incorporate that type of mentality into their flagship shows. Well, and I even go to uh, Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. He's got that whole up, up, down, down thing. You watched on his the first anniversary of Up, Up, Down, Down. It's Seth Rollins, Tyler Breeze, and Kevin Owens, which is a fairly unlikely trio. And they're bringing him a cake. And they kind of go in where he's filming and they bring him a cake. But then people like Summer Rae walks in, Renee Young walks in. Kevin Owens at one point just takes a handful of cake and walks out. You know, it's like... I believe people kind of want to see that sort of thing. And I'm not saying you need to make it like a reality show. Please don't do that. But I do think, you know, a little peek backstage now and then with with some cameras would not be the worst thing in the world. All right. I don't want to spend all of this time on the draft because there are some other things to talk about, but I've got only four or five more points to bring up. So let's go rapid fire through them. Number one, your production, which tag team or otherwise alliance is most likely to break up via the draft? Because they've talked about it enough. Maybe none of them do, but I have to assume at some point Stephanie and Shane are going to draft separate people or, you know, a group that is now together that shall remain separate. Do you have any group that you think that might work for? And not even work for it will happen. That's a strange question because when I think about it, I think about it in two different ways. I think about people that the company would actually want to break up, and I think the front runners there would be Enzo and Cass because they seem like they really want to make something out of Cass. I think it's way too early to do that, but way too way early. too early. But I I could see the company feeling like they want to do that, especially. Mm. You know, given all the injuries and scares that mm-hmm. Enzo has had. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, when you talk about now the storyline here, when you talk about, okay, this is ultimately motivated by Stephanie and Shane, why would either one of them, storyline-wise, want to break up Enzo and Cass? There is no reason. Okay. Nope. So why would they want to break up the Ascension? There's no reason. The Shining Star, the there's only, no reason. The, only, the New Day, the only way there's w- no reason. The only way, the only one that I can see there being a motivation for would be that somebody wants Bray Wyatt, but they don't want the rest of the Wyatt family. Mm -hmm. Well, and this goes back to the idea that there's so much information still unknown. Um, Can you draft tag teams? I don't believe that's ever been... Michael Cole and JBL talked about it, but we don't have an answer. They keep saying that, imagine if people get broken up. So that seems to imply... Yes, it alludes to the idea that it's going to happen. But, um, you know, and I could see it in the sense of if they can only pick one person at a time, I could see Shane McMahon say, or Stephanie saying, I want Colin Cassidy. And then Shane McMahon goes, but and with his next pick, he drafts Enzo. Right. Um, but actually, you talked about what the backstage would want to do. And I wonder if they would be happier if Rusev and Lana were on two separate shows. That's not a tag team. No. However, managers, I'm assuming, are going to be drafted. Could one of them draft Rusev and the other one draft Lana? I don't know whether or not WWE wants Lana to become a wrestler wrestler. She wrestles on house shows, Mm -hmm. from all reports. But... You know, and whether it's payback for the engagement thing or whether it's just for, you know, maybe they feel like this is what need, you know, we talked, I think, 
on our last A Private Earful a lot about Rusev and what is keeping him from ascending to the next level, maybe separating him from Lana in WWE's mind is that. So if I had to predict one, that I think Rusev and Lana could wind up on two separate shows. I mean, that's one that makes some degree of sense, I guess, but I, I don't necessarily think the company wants to do that at this point. They tried splitting them before, and it didn't really work out for either talent. I think they'd have to be more standoffish about it at this point, I would think. Maybe. Um, Maybe. Either that or the Usos, because nobody cares. Right, but I think the company cares. I think the company wants to keep those two together. Um, they don't see any money in them as singles competitors. <laughs> They're not going to put them on TV. Right. But they want to keep them together. Right. Um, uh, are we going to see any, in your opinion, are we going to see any NXT people drafted? Yeah, absolutely. How many? Um, I don't know. I'm going to say two. I believe there are two, and I believe both of their... Well, one of their last names begins with a B, and the other one, their only name, begins with a B. Uh, I think it's Balor and Bailey. Hmm. Okay. You asked me... We, I asked if you had seen NXT, and you had said no, because you're a homeowner and you're a busy guy. Well, I was watching um, uh, Lucha Underground. Ah, Ultima Lucha Dos. How was the death match between King Cuerno and Mil Buentes? Uh, pretty good. Good. Um, and you asked why you thought it was interesting that Balor versus Nakamura took place on a regular NXT and not at a takeover. And my response is, I don't think we see Balor in NXT again. The way NXT ended, they didn't focus on it, but the crowd seemed to get the idea in the same way they did for Zayn, um, in the same way they did, I think, for Neville. The crowd got the idea that this was it for Finn. But doesn't the um, crowd just automatically default to that for every match that guy has now? They've been doing that since WrestleMania, haven't they? Like... I couldn't... Who did he wrestle at WrestleMania with? Was it Joe? Yeah. I don't even... Okay. That was that feud going on that long? I, you could be totally right, and I could be totally wrong. We could see Finn Balor versus Austin Aries in some sort of random... Yeah, Finn. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, I think Finn Balor is one of the names that's definitely going up to the main roster. Bailey's another great pull as well. Um, but mm-hmm. what are they? And I, yeah, I mean, good. and well, you're right. I feel you can, that you can bring up Balor at this point and put him on a different show than the club, so that there's no. I, I issue think there with has that. to be the club is doing so well, and WWE seems so happy with AJ that I have to believe that, Balor's not going to touch the club for a while. I would think not. And they're not going and to be breaking up that group. No. And the reason that I say Bailey is on SmackDown tonight, the very final taped SmackDown of this era, um, it is announced that Charlotte and Dana at Battleground will be taking on Sasha and a mystery partner. Oh, gee, who could that possibly be? Well, it's probably. It better not be, be Becky Lynch. It's well, Becky Lynch is going to be facing Natalia, so it's probably going to be Paige Ugh. or like a returning Naomi or something. No, however, no, no, however, no. I'm hopeful that it winds up being big. Isn't it so strange the timing on the draft in this pay per view? Like, they're going to be completely, you know, dissecting this roster, bisecting it into these two separate entities, and then four days later, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We're just going to have a pay-per-view like none of that happened? 
So does that mean, because eventually I do want to talk about some of the other matches, um, so what happens, and I guess, I suppose it doesn't matter, so The Miz is going to face Darren Young, which, just want to say, called it. The Miz is going to face Darren Young for the Intercontinental title. So let's say they get drafted to different shows. Let's say Darren Young is on Raw and The Miz is on SmackDown. Well, what happens if Darren Young wins? Now all of a sudden the Intercontinental Champion's on Raw? Yep. So in a in a kayfabe world, we could have a situation where both the Intercontinental and the U.S. Champion are on the same show. Yes. Okay. Maybe that's what happens during Intriguing. the draft. One of them stacks their roster with all the champions, and then at the pay-per-view, some of those championships change rosters. Do you think that we're going to see the deck get stacked in Stephanie's favor. Is that why Vince brought it up? Is Vince trying to set Shane up to fail again? Yeah, probably. So, is But she, it's going to be stacked in quotation marks, you know? I, I think that that leaves a lot of the workhorses to be on SmackDown, which, again, serves that show for what it sounds like they want that show to be. But at the same time, you can't build a show without any undercard, mid-card workhorses. You can't build mm-hmm. a Raw that doesn't have those. You have to have people who are prepared to lose. You yeah. can't just have all the top guys on Raw. That doesn't make sense either. No, but at the same time, you know, if they're going legit, I'm assuming Stephanie gets the first draft pick, even if it's just a ladies' first situation. I'm assuming she drafts Rollins. I'm assuming Shane counters with Ambrose. Which brings us to what I was going to have as my last question, but now I'll mention it here. Does Reigns get drafted? Everybody gets drafted. Everybody keeps I, saying that. Okay, Every, let me, let everybody's going to end me, up on one roster or the other. So at the end let of the me day, rephrase. everyone gets drafted. Let me rephrase. How do you think they handle Roman Reigns? I don't know the exact date that his suspension is lifted. It could it's four be, days before, so it's after SmackDown. So they're going to draft a guy who's suspended? Yeah. Just like they're building an entire program around him while he's suspended. Right? I liked the the Rollins report. I'd watch that again. It was stupid. But it was kind of funny. That was some Wrestle Silly. The the whole, you know... And the the Wrestle Silly part of it was not that they spliced different Reigns clips in. It was was Seth Rollins... It was Seth Rollins playing it totally serious. Oh man, that's something we totally can agree on, and I'm like, you know, you faked this. Yeah, but yeah, right. that was that was pretty good. Uh, the only other thing I was going to ask was, you know, tag titles, women's titles. I don't know that even WWE knows what they're doing. I don't with think that. so. Are either. we going to have two tag team champions? Are we going to have two women's champions? I don't think so. Are the women so. only going to be on one brand? That doesn't see. That seems unlikely to me. That's the only mm-hmm. reason why that. That seems strange to me. I don't think there's going to be two tag team titles. I don't think there's going to be two women's titles. But at the same time, all the women on one brand doesn't make a lot of sense. I I think if I had to guess right now, I would say there are two tag titles. And I'm only saying that because I want Breezango to eventually win one of them. Um, But I think the women's champion is going to have to be the championship that floats between the brands. I don't think so. And the only reason I say that is that roster is not deep enough. Yes, Even if you called up Nia Jax, Asuka, 
and Bailey. No. I don't know. There's that a that ton of is... women's wrestlers on the roster that we never see anymore. Where's Tamina? Tell me... Where's Naomi? Oh. Where are the Bellas? Where are um, well, Alicia? Retired. Well, fine, but where's Alicia Fox? Where's um, Lana and Summer Rae? Um, none of those. I mean, that's in, that. That is a division. I just named enough people to make a women's division because that's how many people they used to have. Oh, it's not a very that's... deep women's division. It's not a very good one necessarily. Maybe that's one of the ways Vince stacks it. He gives the women's division to Stephanie. Maybe. You started this. This was your baby. You came out and introduced the Divas Revolution. You're going to get so. all. I, I mean, okay. that's a good idea, but I honestly think we're going to see a women's title and a Divas title. I think Nikki Bella will come I, back and be the Divas champion. Oh, my God. Yeah. I you know. I don't. That's to me. That's like the worst, like backpedal imaginable, based off it's, of what they did. It's like saying the last six months didn't happen. No, it's not that it didn't happen. It's saying that the last six months didn't matter. Oh, true. And true. That bothers me quite a bit. But I don't see any other way around it. Right now, the women's program that they are showing is Natalia, Becky Lynch, Paige, Sasha. Charlotte and Dana Brooke. And that's it. It's it's six to eight people. And all those other women's wrestlers are still on the roster. And there's that's another six to eight people. So you can totally split them. You can totally split them. I don't like it, but that's totally what they're going to do. All right. I don't think so. I think they wind up on one show. Well, what are you going to do? And- You're going to put them all on one show, and then we're still never going to see Alicia Fox? We're still never going to see Naomi? I, I don't... I would say, and I forgive me if you're a major Alicia Fox fan out there, I don't know that I need to see Alicia Fox. I'm not again. saying that you do, but do you think they're just going to fire eight people? I think maybe they find other roles for, you know, all of a sudden Alicia Fox is managing a heel Titus O'Neil or something. I don't know. I hear what you're saying, I, but I think that's a stretch. I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is we are... Hold on, I have to do math. Friday, Saturday, Saturday. We are five days out from the draft. I should not have this many questions. They've done a know, really bad job of communicating. I this. should know everything there is to know. You know they, they did fine by us Monday. Are you raising your hand? Well, the thing I was going to say is, while I think they've done a terrible job communicating the specifics of this to us, if you as a fan of the WWE expected anything else... To pull a line from my good friend DC, shame on you. You've seen this company operate long enough to know that they are always flying by the seat of their pants. They always like to keep their options open. Vince loves to rewrite the script the day of, the night of, 20 minutes before they're going on air. He likes to rip apart the script and write new segments as the show is currently ongoing. There was no way they were going to commit to anything because that's the way he runs his company. That's the way he runs. And it's bad. It's bad for communication. And it's bad for, you know, the fans trying to actually build up hype about this thing. We know nothing about it. We, I mean, obviously, we're hyped anyways. But at the same time, just think of if that machine were actually thrown into it and were able to actually give us specifics, things to really whet our appetite. Um, they've completely dropped the ball on it. Completely, I think. Devil's advocate. What if it's intentional? We, you just said 
were hyped anyways. People are psyched for this draft regardless of the well, fact. sort of. What? But yeah. Yeah, yeah, good guy. We are. We're excited for it. You're talking about having me over and doing a live show during the draft. Yeah, it's got less to do with the draft and more because I really want to get you and GQ into the same room and do a podcast. Uh, yeah. Well, we don't even have to watch the draft then. We can just... But I, I wonder if it's, you know, if they had announced it three weeks ago, that would have given the Twitterverse three weeks to tear it apart and talk about what a stupid thing it is that they did. And so, and again, I'm playing devil's advocate. I don't really believe this, but I'm just wondering if they didn't release some of the details because they know that in the Twitterverse, nobody's happy or everyone's going to complain about something. So I don't think they care about the Twitterverse. I really don't think they do. Probably true. Um, They seem to care about Darren Young though. The man won that battle Royal and I don't care that it was by accident. He won it. He was the last guy standing. As soon as I saw Bob Backlund at ringside, because I hadn't noticed Darren Young was in the match, but as soon as I saw, saw Bob Backlund at ringside, I went, Darren Young's got to win. They have to pay this off somehow. And if they brought Bob Backlund all the way in from Connecticut, they had to do this somehow. So do they have to pay this off by having Darren Young win the Intercontinental Championship? Well, let's not go that far. Because <laughs> I kind of think there's no chance in hell that Darren Young is walking out as the Intercontinental Champion. No. But at the same time, and again, that could be Maurice causing a disqualification. That could be any of that stuff. That could be, they love to bring back these old things. Bob Backlund lost his world title. He held it They for love six- to bring back these old things. Bob, Bob Backlund. Backlund. Yes. He's old and he's crazy. Direct quote. Direct and when quote, he lost, and when he lost his world title the first time, he was in the camel clutch by the Iron Sheik, and Arnold Skull and his manager threw in the towel. Maybe we see something like that again. You know, they brought it back around when Bret Hart was facing Bob Backlund, and you know, maybe. They I mean, that would make more sense if he was facing Rusev um, for the inter- for the, the US Miz has the figure four. T- the Miz has the figure four. Okay, fair enough. Fair but enough. I don't know what they do. But I don't. I. I don't. I. I am happy for Darren Young because this is silly and it's giving him something to do. And in a brand split era, Darren Young has to matter at some point. But I don't think he matters enough to win the title. Uh, do you think Zack Ryder matters enough to win the U.S. title? Probably not. But I'd really like him to. I think he does. I think he wins. And I'm not going to, you know, we'll save our predictions for next week. And I'm only saying that so that Rusev can go ahead and win the SmackDown title. That's not a thing that's going to happen, but okay. I'm, I'm doing a little fantasy booking in my head, but Zack Ryder right. takes takes the title off of Rusev. Rusev gets put in if there's going to be a tournament to crown a SmackDown champion. We don't know. There's we not don't going even, to be. We don't even know if there's, there's going, going to be a to be SmackDown a split champion. decision. At the pay-per-view. And Rollins and Ambrose each become champions? Probably. Although I wouldn't put it past them to put a title on Reigns. What happens if all of them win, and all of a sudden we've got three world champions? Then one of them's going to NXT. Bye, Roman. <laughs> we'll I miss say. you. Uh, did you like the compound match? No. You didn't? It was bad. I thought there Braun was- Strowman looked good. He did, um, but I honestly think that it was overproduced. Like I oh, said, totally. there was there was totally. some charm to the way that the Hardys did the final deletion, 
but this film grain and the effects over the top you could barely see what the hell they were trying to show you. It, it was looked, terrible. It looked like we were watching, I think I tweeted this, it looked like we were watching Blair Witch. Like, I didn't get any idea of what was happening. And, and, and then it to was randomly, far worse than was Blair it, Witch. Was it, was it announced last week and I missed it that they were going to the compound? Did they film yes. it really fast? Okay. Why wouldn't that be part, you know, because now they're going to fight at Battleground in a six-man tag match, not for the titles. They're not yeah. fighting for the tag team titles. Why couldn't they have gone to the compound? WrestleMania 12, Roddy Piper, Gold Dust, Hollywood Backlot, Bra, they cut back and forth to it five or six different times. Why couldn't that have been a running thing throughout Battleground where they went to the compound? And just, you know, I don't know. It, I, I enjoyed parts of it, like I said. I thought Xavier Because you don't killed- want to have a pay-per-view where the live audience has to watch the Titan Tron for 15 minutes at a time six times throughout the show. <clears throat> I would say you watch it two or three minutes at a time. Six. Well, yeah, but still. I don't know if they really want to commit to that. I thought Xavier did well. I thought Braun Strowman did well. I thought Bray did well. I, I But it was a little confusing. Very confused. Uh, you know what I'm not confused by? Our emails. The emails. The emails. What? What? The emails. DDTWrestling at gmail.com DDTWrestling at gmail.com So who are we starting with? Well, we had, when I checked, there were three, although our good buddy Nate sent it on July 6th. And I feel like I haven't even read it yet. Um, All right. Hello? I only have questions for you guys this week. One, what did you guys think of the food fight to start Raw? I thought it was pretty good considering the cool little moments that happened during it. We talked about that last week. Yes. And the next, read the next one. You're going to do it Based off the bracket for the CWC, who do you think we see square off in the finals? And who do you think will win? Sincerely, Nate, sent from my iPhone. I I imagine we will talk about this during a private earful when we A private earful. Only exclusive network. All right, so we we uh, we'll, we'll skip that then. We'll talk about it because uh, I. Do you even know who's in the bracket? No. All right. Saber and Ibushi. That's my prediction. All right, next one. Oh, speaking of the CWC. Oh my goodness, Glenn. Oh, Glenn. A piece of fantasy booking for you to discuss. This is going to be right up your alley, DC. The year is 1902. The VOD villains are touring the territories, beating all. And I don't understand. Beating all and sundry, it's a phrase. What does that mean? I don't know. He's British. British. Leave him alone. Okay. Beating all and sundry. Two young gentlemen called Aiden English and Jack Gallagher are the talk of wrestling fairs. But one day, that all changes with the help of his friend, Simon Gotch. English turns on Gallagher, leaving him unconscious. Forward to today, the villains are in a match when in the crowd, a man in top hat and cloak and the... <laughs> Is he, come on, man. Can't you write a sentence, Glenn? Come on, please. Please edit these things. And the difference uh, is the he's difference in black. black and, the two note, in black and white, the two notice him and approach him. He jumps the barrier, turning into color, attacking Aiden Gotch. That man's name, Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Okay, so 
Okay. S- to sum up, to sum up, I think what we're saying is, in 1902, the villains were originally a pair called Aiden English and Jack Gallagher. English turns on Gallagher with the help of Simon Gotch, and that for thereby forming the Vod villains as we know them today. Yeah. So then, then fast forward to today, right? And out of their past, literally in black and white, comes Gentleman Jack Gallagher coming out of the crowd, and as he attacks the two of them, he turns color. Have you fast are you familiar at all with day. Jack Gallagher? Yes, I watched the Bracketology. I remember his vignette because I looked at him and I said, "Huh." Well, I guess the VOD villains are going to be a trios team next. He's supposed to be very good. Laz raves about him. Uh, Glenn, thank you for the email, Glenn, at G.A. Russell Nutt. Yeah, I uh, love it, Glenn, actually. Send and, me more and Nate, at Oriole King 08. Thank you for the emails. Um, I do think it would make a lot of sense for Jack Gallagher to be part of the VOD villains. Uh, my worry is he will completely overshadow them. Because even that bracketology, like it was a two or three minute thing, and I'm like, okay. Because I've got him making my final... Hold on, where's my bracket? You made I've bracket? got him making my final four. What is wrong with you? It's on an index card. Why did you make a bracket? For a scripted thing. I wanted to make my predictions for how all the matches would come out. I was four for four last night. Oh. We'll talk about that on a private earful. I would have... But how can you make... You must know who these people are, then. I watched Bracketology. I read about them on WWE. I watched Bracketology, and I didn't learn nearly enough to do any. Uh, well, and I watched. I read the stuff on WWE.com, and just based on my per, my opinion uh, and okay, perspective, okay. Uh, we'll we'll save it for a private earful. All right. Uh, che says, Che, hey guys. Despite the overload of pods to listen to and actual wrestling to watch, alongside general day to day business. You guys are still knocking great pods out of the park. Kudos for that. My suggestion, stop doing day-to-day business. I agreed. It's, it's definitely overrated. Just wanted to ask, who do you think has the most to gain from the draft? Uh, Vince McMahon. Any tag <laughs> teams, trios, including NX teams, that you think are worth splitting up to see if they could make an edge, jibble, type run as a single star on a single show? Also, what apparent changes do you feel are needed to truly make SmackDown feel like a real step into the no, into the so-called new era? All the best, guys, and Mrs. Manson. Che. At Che1717, thank you. And that was sent from his Samsung Galaxy smartphone. <laughs> I don't read about those. Um, I don't read that. I don't, give, I don't give any time to Samsung on this podcast. Okay, well, now we know where you stand. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about SmackDown. And how how we need maybe slight changes. Um, as far as giblets, you know who has the most to gain besides Vince McMahon because Doc Vince is McMahon. absolutely right. Um, <laughs> it's guys Stephanie like McMahon. It's guys like Rusev. It's guys like Kevin Owens. Uh, anybody you know? Any guy? I, I suppose it's not even Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens would have been a main eventer and world champion regardless. Cesaro, Sami Zayn, Rusev. Those are my three. Those are guys... Um, you know, I will even go so far as to say Zack Ryder. Um, everybody not in the main Breeze event Dongo. Everybody not in the main event tier. Everybody not named John yeah. Cena or affiliated with The Shield or AJ Styles. Right. Basically, all those people who can barely make it onto television these mm-hmm. days will yeah. 
still barely make it onto television after the brand split. Well, because, you know, we're we're excited. And, you know, in 10 years when we're doing this podcast, when we're doing episode 750 or whatever of this show, and we're talking about, you know, the the two-time... WWE heavyweight champion Ty Dillinger, or the we will never be talking about or that. the eight time, you know WWE. I would like champion. to point out somebody brought up the trios. She brought up uh, they brought up the che- the, the trios idea in this email. And we've talked about it a little bit on the show before. I think that's a that is actually I think a potential thing. One show gets a tag team division, the other show gets a trios division because we have a lot of three person tag teams right now. That would um, be it just seems odd. To me, the numbers of those that we actually have. So, I mean, I, that's just a possibility. That I would be all for that. I think that would be unique. Uh, we got a poll out there. I sent out a poll this morning. Um, definitely wouldn't be unique. What is your ideal length for podcasts? And with 104 votes and only 11 hours left, the clear favorite is, with 47%, about an hour. Which is why we're going to wrap up, because we are about an hour right now. Uh, 25%, well, I disagree with the poll fundamentally. You always do. Mm-hmm. That's fine. If if you made more polls, I would let you do it. But you don't seem to want to be a pollster. So. Well, I don't get a hundred people responding to my polls. Even you, when I beg for retweets, I you could get 40. you could make the polls, and that you know what you got to do. You got to at New Age Insiders because he retweeted. Oh, do it. I? It was ninety before I sent it to him. Like ninety, 10, still a lot. Ten minutes. Well, he's retweeted it twice. Uh-huh. So. But regardless. Well, I'm um, sorry, but I think a podcast, to be worth its salt, has got to be closing in on the two-hour mark. Only 24% agree with you. Well, I think everybody else is wrong. 25% say 30 to 45 minutes, and 4% say short, less than 30 minutes. Well, they are clearly wrong. Except, well, I suppose we only did one pod blast. Well, I mean, that's a specialty thing. When there's something really important, just one topic that you really want to get out there, I could see doing it quick, but... Well, for these sort of leisurely shows where I'm inviting you in and we're having a good old time, just sort of relaxing and shooting the news and the breeze with one another, I mean, you got to let that breathe. You got to let that expand into the space. You got to let it fill up time. But see, the you pro- can't rush people. You can't rush our friends, our besties, DC. You got to let them come on in. You got to invite them in. You got to let them have a drink, have a little nightcap. You got to put your feet up on the ottoman. You got to slip the shoes off. You got to slip into something more comfortable. You've got to get a little seductive. You got to get. Wait, no, wait. Maybe that's that's not. I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. Um, the problem is, after about an hour, the, the gotta, only thing you gotta loosen up. You gotta. You need to be on. You, la- you need to be on late night, Liam, and then you can uh, loosen up all you want. I don't know what that is. See, the, here's the problem. After an hour, the only thing that's expanding is my bladder. And <laughs> well, get used to it. So what happens when I drink half of this? Well, <laughs> stop drinking so much. Then I cough or. You know, uh, give me some positivity. Positivity heading into know. our week. But the positivity is the fat last part of the show. Like you're you're talking like we're wrapping this up. We are. We gotta. We are not wrapping this up. We need to go at least another forty five minutes. No, this is because my show too, DC. So we're gonna split it right down the middle. I say forty five. You say now. So we're gonna give it at least another twenty two and a half minutes. I will allow this show to go to the one minute and ten, one hour and ten minute mark, and then I think we need to go record. 
a private earful. We have to do... It was 52 minutes of Cruiserweight Classic. So? so and we're going to watch the whole thing. People aren't going to be Let's able... Let's just fast forward it. You have... Se- that's what you do when you watch things on the network. That's what you always talk Not about. The oh, let's fast forward. Let's fast forward. So we'll watch a match. We'll fast forward the next one. There's going to be it all flowed, these it interstitial. Beautifully, one thing to the other, to the other, to the other. I'll be the judge of that. What I saw last night, I was not impressed. I only saw a little bit, but I was not impressed. What'd you see? We'll talk about it, no doubt. All right. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay. So that's the little tease for you folks. Private earful this week. We're going to be doing a wrestle tracks or whatever we're calling it, and news, I just might poop all flash, over it. Newsflash: Doc Manson's not impressed. <laughs> Come on, I'm impressed by a lot of things. <laughs> oh my goodness! Stop the presses! Oh, what's this say here? Doc Manson dislikes something? Oh my goodness! <laughs> what? Oh, gentlemen, what are you Jack trying Gallagher. to say? He's got to get out on the streets and share oh, his information. Oh, and I'm G.C. Matthews, and I'm over here just expounding positivity about all the stupid crap that I could possibly see, because I can't possibly for a moment believe that all this this entertainment that I invest all of my hours into maybe, maybe isn't worth it. Maybe it's not worth that time that I've actually spent in it. So I just have to pretend like it's all good, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Hey, if hey. you listen to me... On Rant with Ant yesterday. Or you were today. on Rant with Ant? I, I guest starred for Listen Up, and I ranted Okay, about so crowds. you were on Rant with Ant, you're on Molotov in the Morning, you're on the Pontificast, you're on By the Book, you're on well, DVD like Wrestling, you're on I would a like Private to point Earful. Out, I would like to point out, I have not done a By the Book or a Pontificast since you made me feel really bad about myself that I was doing too many podcasts. I'm done. I am done doing my own podcast. I will only go on shows with other people. And I'd like to point out, although why, I... Why are you done doing your own podcast? I thought you, people liked them. Uh, uh, you know who didn't like them? You. And that's what I care about. <laughs> why do you care what I think? I just like giving you a hard time. And, uh, you know, I was going to tell you, because I don't think he's done it yet, that Jason Maltoff told me he's going to ask you to be his guest on Maltov in the morning next week. Well, and that was going to be my point, is that nobody has invited me onto any shows. The last time I was on the New Age Insiders, it was only because you couldn't make it, and you said, why don't you ask Doc Manson? And begrudgingly, they gave me a call. I have heard it tossed around like a dozen times. Oh, you should be on uh, Late Night Liam. I have gotten no invitations to be on Late Night Liam. I have gotten no invitations to be on Rant with Ant. I have gotten no invitations to be on Molotov in the morning. I have not even been invited back to DDT Wrestling, but I just keep showing up. So, what is going on, folks? What is going on? Nobody seems to want Doc Manson. He demands... I deserve more praise! (laughs) He deserves more praise <laughs> and more invitations. And his face is now the color of his shirt. So it's a good day here in the neighborhood. Well, I'll share some positivity since I don't think we're going to get that out of dock anytime soon. Plus the feet. Oh, no, there he is. Um, we've got a draft. We've got this exciting thing. Well, uh, plus, last night you had Lucha Underground. You had NXT with a great main event match, which was very good. I wouldn't say great. It was very good. And then you had the Cruiserweight Classic. Amazing wrestling is happening right before our very eyes. We say it all the time, but I mean it sincerely. This really could be the best time in the world to be a wrestling fan. So many options, so many opportunities. So I'm excited. 
I have two things. One, Ultima Lucha Dose Part 2 was excellent. You're just going to wait there? Okay. Excellent. Um, and so the second one is, I am very pleased that I don't have any ulcers or any sort of stomach cancer. You got really mad there. You worked yourself up. Yeah, it happens. It's all right. So, well, we're going to take a little break. We're going to calm down. We're going to cool out. Some of us are going to relieve ourselves in the loo, as it were. And then we're going to come right is back that, here. Is that a term that Glenn would understand? I'm, I'm speaking to our NAI UK fans. I see. Okay. Hello. Hello, governor. Chip, chip, chippy out. Would you like Is a- that offensive? Is that like... Is that... You know, you may be you may be exiting the European Union, but you are always welcome to enter here with us in the neighborhood. We've we've got you covered. We, you just... I heard that I heard that Microsoft released um, Monty Python emojis for Skype. Relevant to my interests, I don't know why that popped in my head. Well, by next week you have to figure it out because we're skyping right now. I expect some Monty Python emojis. I expect silly walks and a. Dead I don't know if parrot. they cost money. It has or ceased but... to be. Indeed. All right. Well, folks, that's it. Um, make sure you listen, you subscribe on iTunes or your other podcast directory of choice, and don't forget about our other show, A Private Earful, exclusively on the NAI Network. And, uh, you know, while you're uh, going about your lives, if you could just take two minutes and go on to iTunes or, you know, your podcast directory of choice and leave us a review, we would surely appreciate it. And while you're at it, take two more minutes and share us with two of your friends, because that's how DDT Wrestling grows. And we would surely appreciate it, wouldn't we, DC? We would indeed. And buy the shirt. Yes. Buy, buy yourself a shirt. I, I don't want someone... Treat yourselves. I don't want someone to listen and be like, are you criticizing the fact that someone would pay any amount of money to to give you a shirt? You know, you're, you're technically getting money for doing this podcast and just... Oh, what? That joke at the beginning of the show? I just want to make sure no one has hard feelings. It's fine. Okay. No, yeah, great. No, we actually, we greatly appreciate it, your support. And if you would... If you choose to spend your hard-earned dollars on... A wrestling-related shirt that isn't even really related to wrestling. It's a stupid podcast of two guys who Skype. Like, I mean, we are forever in your debt for any amount of yes. money. I'm yes. period. We are and, ex- eternally yeah. grateful. And if you really love us, help us get to five thousand followers. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's absolutely. All right. um, help DC get to five thousand followers because I'm. Where are you? I am never going to get to five thousand. I have no. no idea. You're at. You know. Hey, you're almost at one thousand. Am I really? 945 followers, Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. 945. you got to be what? You're closer to two now? I am at uh, 1641. So I'm only about 700 more than you. All and right. you know why you're going to eventually lap me? Because you rant like that. And you go off on a tear and get angry and people enjoy that. They're like... Oh, yeah. Call out the only people that, you know, sort of remotely like me or have any sort of interest in the show. Yeah, alienating the core audience is a surefire way for me to get more followers. You haven't said anything really negative about the fact that Roman Reigns got hit in the head with a briefcase in a while. It's true. I started on a high note, didn't I? You did. That's Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. I'm DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. We'll see you around the neighborhood. Goji berries. <laughs>